Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I'm bringing on Chanel from Top Shelf Beauty onto the show. We talk about her journey to Top Shelf Beauty with salon ownership and also her apparel line and also her subscription box. There is also a little bonus clip at the end, so make sure to listen through the end of the episode to hear something that she's got going on for the industry it's really cool and i did also want to add that the cutoff for her next box is the end of this month so you've got about till friday to subscribe to get in on this box and i hope you guys enjoy the episode and so without further ado here is chanel all right chanel welcome to lash boss radio thank you so much for having me this is very exciting yeah, it is. I'm I'm happy to have you. And um, let's just start with how did you get into doing lashes? Yeah, so I actually went to, uh, this wasn't my plan. This was never my goal, never my dream. Um, I went to college. Actually, I have a degree in public relations and advertising. And I wanted to be a publicist for athletes. Um, that was my goal. And so I graduated, I have that degree and then I didn't get a job when I graduated college and I moved back home and that wasn't a plan either. I didn't expect that to happen, but so I moved back home and I just started working at Starbucks and then my mom actually had gotten a group on to get lashes for us. So we both got our lashes done for the first time. That was in like 2012 and so we had lashes and then my mom was like, you should learn how to do that. I think you'd be good at that. Um, she had done nails for 25 years. So she, I've always like been in the industry or in like the beauty realm. Um, but she did nails for 25 years and she said, I should learn how to do that. I am very artistic. Like I love meticulous work. And so I was like, okay, like I can, we'll see. Okay. So I asked the girl who was doing our lashes if she would teach me. And she automatically said yes. And like without any hesitation, um, she was like, yeah, just like come shadow me and I'll, I'll teach you. And wow. so she taught me. And I then I immediately rolled in esthetician school and I quit Starbucks because I was working there full time. But I, I quit there and I went to school full time, graduated in four months. And that whole four months I was in school, I was practicing lashing on the people that were in school, friends and family. And then that was like my apprenticeship, I guess, or mentorship in my practicing. And by the time I was done with school and got my license, I was ready to take clients. And so I went to, I was at a yoga studio at the time and they said that they had a a spare room and they asked if I wanted to do lashes out of it. And so I shared a room with a massage therapist for about a year in that massage or in that um, yoga studio and that's how I started my career wow. pretty much I know <laughs> it's were, very weird um what were your uh, like what were your ways of getting clients in the beginning um so I was like all on Yelp Yelp was big at that time I felt like Yelp was god to to lash artists you know into the service industry so i hustled hard when it came to getting reviews and i had an instagram but it was like so basic at that time that was like eight years ago seven years ago um and so really it was just yelp and word of mouth and the yoga studio really they they marketed a little bit for me but i didn't do anything beyond that 
Do you still love, do, not that you said that you loved it, but do you still love Yelp as much? Um, so when I, when I started my salon, I, I, I feel like for an individual artist, it's so much easier to do that because I know that the reviews are based on me and I felt like, you know, I would give a genuine connection and people would love my work or like I would ask for reviews. I wasn't like, it was, it wasn't about just like random people or not random people, but like clients writing reviews. I wanted to go, go to artists or to go to, I wanted to ask clients who I had built a relationship with if they would write me a review. And once you do that, their reviews are more genuine. You can, they like write more actually in the review. And so people connect with those more than just like, Chanel does great lashes, go to her, you know? Um, now I don't really even look at my Yelp anymore though, because I don't really want to take clients anymore. Um, I do think it is good, but I think there's so many avenues of reviews now, like Google and Facebook, um, and all of that. So I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with Yelp now. So kind of I, I feel like they favor the um, customer. We have great Yelp reviews, actually. We have a really good um, standing on Yelp. It's just, it's always a um, a source of my anxiety as a salon owner, which I'm sure you, mm -hmm. you felt once you did open a salon. Um, but yeah, I was just curious uh, how you felt about that. But so. But it is true. They kind of do favor the customer. And it's like, I can be like, well, I've been. I don't, I don't know, are we Yelp's clients? I've been a client of Yelp for how many years? And it's like, if somebody writes a false review or like the context is so not how it was supposed to, like I, somebody wrote a review about me once that they said I kicked them out. I kicked them and their crying baby out of the salon, which never happened. And so it's like, I can't go to Yelp and be like, that actually didn't happen. Can you take that down? They care more about what the customer has to say, even if it's completely false. <laughs> I had, um, I had a girl that I have never personally met who has never come to my studio or either, either one doesn't know any of my girls, but for the sole reason that she thought her boyfriend liked me or something, I was, I was literally engaged at the time. She wrote a review with a fake account and this friend of mine told me that she did that and I literally have never met the girl and Yelp left it up and I'm like what is going on? I fought that so hard and I did not win so yeah and it's annoying when you when you report reviews you can say like this person like one of the options is like this person isn't associated with me yeah. or like whatever and they don't even care no, they really don't. I, I try, you can't call them either, which is really frustrating. Like they don't, it's just your, their sales team that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. but anyway, enough about Yelp. Um, <laughs> you started a salon though. How long did it take you from when you first started lashes to when you first opened? It was about a year. So I was actually moving, um, cities, um, just one city over. I was moving out of my parents' house and I was moving a city over and I was looking for places. And mind you, when I was in the, at that yoga studio, I had a very not realistic picture of what the beauty industry was like in terms of employees and renting. Like she gave me the sweetest deal ever. It was like 
20% of my, my earnings like went to her as rent, which is like nothing when you think about it. And so like I had a sweet deal. And so like I was making this money for a year thinking that that's like what I was going to make, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm living life. Um, and then when I moved and started looking at places to either rent a room or to be an employee or whatever, it was, they wanted all my money. And it was like so different than what I had the previous year that like now five years, however many years later, I see that as like, wow, that really didn't set me up for success or like a really accurate, you know, display of, of what rent was or what an employee relationship was like. And so I, you know, was looking at all these places and I felt like they just all wanted my money. So I was like, I'm just going to open my own space. So I found this huge space. It was 2000 square feet. I did not have like a staff or people. Um, Both my parents were super supportive and they said to go for it. And they didn't want, I didn't want to like limit myself on what I could do or like what services I could have. Um, which is why I chose that specific place. I, there was another space I was looking at that was a little bit smaller, but they said I couldn't allow massage there. And so I was like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. And I actually, the only person I knew in the industry was a massage therapist. So I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to not do that. So I went for the bigger space. Um, but then immediately people started reaching out to me. And there was um, a set of girls from the city that their boss was like, not paying them and so they needed a new space to work and they were local had art or had clientele um so they came and worked for me and it did grow fast like i i don't i i had a good staff at you know one point um i think i had about like 25 people at one point um which is a lot um but i we did everything we did nails waxing massage spray tanning facials hair and lashes. So we did everything. Um, but it was a lot. And I, to answer your question, it was about a year. <laughs> and then I opened wow. this one. Okay. I have a question. So yeah. Well, yeah, of course I have a question. You mean you have a thousand questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want, I want to know whenever you became a salon owner, mm-hmm. You had you had once been that person that was looking for a job and being and thinking like oh well the salon is going to be taking all of my earnings and so I don't want to work for this company or that company and then whenever you became the employer did you ever feel like there like after seeing like how much everything costs like insurance and taxes and everything did you then see that in people that you were hiring too or like did that change how like you ran your business or like set up your pay structure or anything well yes because i wanted to give to people what was given to me mm-hmm. which was a sweet deal now looking back at that now it was so unrealistic so when i first started i had employees and i they started as employees um, looking back at it now, I wouldn't have employees like ever again. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but so I had employees and I gave them 50, 50, 50% to them, 50% to me. And that is unrealistic. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. And I think a lot of people disagree or like artists starting out disagree. And that's where it gets so 
messy? Uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think so. Like you wouldn't think like that's not realistic for a salon to like stay afloat with. For sure. Um, but it is, it is the reality. And this is why so many salon owners that have been on the show or that have spoken on panels or whatever it might be. I have literally pretty much only heard that being a salon owner is so much more expensive and so much more stressful than they could have ever imagined. And mm -hmm. I, I know what you're talking about, but I really, I was the same way. I always want to give, give, give. And I know like what type of environment I want to work for and like the money I want to be making. So I pay my girls really well, but I'm, I'd be lying if I said that there, there is a lot of times where I knew that like, I was sacrificing just so they could be making money and I was making literally like nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the hard part is, at least for me, which I realized at the like last six months of it is it would be okay. And I would be like, yeah, I'll still own a salon. If every single person in that salon had like the same goals and visions that I did. And that is what, that was my biggest struggle is I opened or I started apparel the last like year and three months of the business. And when I did, I was like, you guys, this is going to be cool. Like it's going to take off. Like, I just really think that this is going to be amazing opportunity for us as a whole. And I'm saying us, not just saying me, even though it's, you know, my idea, my creation, but I wanted a staff that was going to be like super stoked about the possibility of more. Yeah. But they were kind of okay with just being an artist every day. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You can be an artist and be successful and live a great, fabulous life. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I wanted to surround myself with people who wanted more for themselves in the industry or wanted a different avenue in the industry, not just to come to work, you know, lash and then go home because there is a difference between the people who there's two different kinds of people who just want to lash. There's people who just lash to make, to exchange time for money. And then there's people who lash, who love the art of lashing and then go home and do even more social media, um, content, create, you know, all these things that elevate themselves as an artist in the industry and make a name for themselves in the industry. So there are two different kinds of people who just want to be artists. And I had more of these people than I had people who wanted to like actually make a name for themselves in the industry. And I feel like me just as a creative, as somebody who aspired to be something bigger in the industry, I needed to surround myself with those kinds of people and all but one or two of the, my staff were the former and I didn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like they were dragging me down in a sense and I needed to just like sever that. So now you, you are in a different location and you are lashing solo again. Um, how long have you, and you said you for now, for now. So I, I, left my salon. I, I wanted to leave in like January. No, probably before then. Um, but January is when it kind of was all official. Um, everybody that worked there found their own spaces and we kind of completely all separated. Um, I got my new studio in September. Uh, not September. 
I got my new space in March. And uh, so I've been here since March, since COVID happened, um, all by myself. Um, I do still lash, but I don't see me lashing much longer. Maybe just like my handful of clients, which is like, you know, five that have stuck with me. Um, but I won't take, I don't think I'll take any new ones. I, I don't love lashing anymore. Um, I, I don't know if I ever have fully loved it. The actual like physical lashing. Um, I love lashes and the art of lashes and the industry of lashes. I've never felt that I'm the best lash artist. Um, but I like know where I want to be now in the industry and it's not lashing. So yeah, that, that brings us to what you're, the, the big thing that it seems like you're doing now is the apparel line and it's taken off and thank you. Yeah. I, um, you have so many aspects to it. You have the, you're constantly doing, um, like raising money for a cause. Like you do that every year and then you have like a subscription and so can you just talk about, I guess, how, how all of that came about and what you guys do? Yeah. So I started apparel in October of 2018. Um, just because I love art, I love creating, I love making things. I'm like my whole studio. I'll show you before and after I did it all myself. Um, my dad has definitely taught me how to be creative. Well, and my mom. Um, but I've always been creative and I wanted to get into that because I enjoy creation that way. So, and there was nothing, everything that was in the industry was um, not my vibe. I wanted to be more street, more edgy. I wanted to bring a different flavor to, to apparel in general. Um, so I started that in October and then... I'm pretty sure that is when, no, no, I started the subscription box a year later. Um, so when I started apparel, I first started just collabing with different people for brand recognition, really, and in order to build. And I wanted to be somebody who really collaborated with other brands in the industry and didn't feel like it was always a competition because I know that sometimes it does feel like that. Um, so I wanted to collaborate with people and bring my expertise with their expertise and combine forces like for good. And I wanted to start doing Slayer for a cause because I wanted to give back in a way that I could, and I could do that by making a t-shirt and raising money. Um, so it is, it is kind of transitioned from how I did it the previous years. And I don't know if I'll if I'll change it again. Um, but the first year I did it, I had a bunch of people sign up and they got to pick their charity of choice that they wanted to give back to, um, which I probably will still do. Maybe I'll do two different aspects of Slayer for a Cause because I did this one six months earlier. The, pre the first two I did at Christmas time, which now looking back at that, I realized it was kind of like the worst time to do that. It was the, it was the best time and the worst time. Like we want to give back during the holiday season but it's also like a hard time for people to spend extra money on giving back um, during that time when it is the holidays. Um, so that's how I initially did it. And that's how I did it for the first two years. And then this year, I, last year I decided I wanted to do Christmas in July 
and do Slayer for a cause in July. And then everything that has happened in the world has happened. Um, so initially it was supposed to be all for the beauty professional COVID relief fund. And then once uh, Black Lives Matter happened, that is something that I'm very passionate about. My husband is black and I fully care about Black Lives Matters. And I wanted to have a way that I could give back without profiting from it. So I actually asked him, how can I raise money without it seeming like I'm profiting off of Black Lives Matter in general? So he's the one that came up with the strict donations. So it was donations for the t-shirts. We gifted t-shirts um, based off the donations. And I think that worked out super well. And I love that. And somebody gave me another idea for another cause that we'll probably do um, the same way next year. Um, but we might do another one in, in at, during Christmas time again. Um, so, yeah, I love it, and I will continue to do it for sure. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I Anna actually was on the show, um, mm -hmm. Mary, and um, I'm really happy to see all of the people in our industry kind of step up um, and participate in that. So that's awesome. So you, you also have like a subscription part though to the business. So talk about that. Yes, that's right. So after um, I went to or before I went to LashCon, I had this idea that I wanted, I was actually after LashCon. Um, after LashCon, I was like, you know, I really want to do something more with this. And so I wanted to create a subscription box um, because there wasn't really anything like that. There was a subscription box, but I wanted to combine a subscription and apparel into one box. So um, at first it was two different size boxes. It was a small and a large box. And then people just wanted all the, all the goodies, you know, <laughs> as lash artists, we always want to try new things. So um, I just recently switched to all the big boxes. You can also get just the t-shirt too, if you want. Um, but I wanted to create something that I could make new t-shirts every month because I really have just so many ideas that I want to keep creating t-shirts, but I also want to add a element for lash artists too, because I want them to try the newest and greatest or to try new products that they've never tried before. Um, I know for me, I spend so much money on trying products all the time, whereas this is an option to, to still do that, but at a severely discounted price. And like, I can't tell you how many tweezers I bought used for two minutes and then we're like, ah, these weren't for me. But if I got them in a box, that is literally the price of the tweezers, like it's worth it to me. And then if I find something that I love, I'm going to go back to that brand and I'm going to continue to support them. So it's just an opportunity for people to try things that they either haven't tried or that they've wanted to try or new product. My ultimate goal is to just have like newly released products in the box um, that like launch in the box, like first come, like, this is a sneak peek to that product, um, which has happened. The when I did um, Lash Baby Portland's uh, boot tweezer, um, the people who were subscribed to that box were the first people to get it, um, which is super cool to me. So yeah, now uh, it's expanded, and we now have the trunk, which is a quarterly option. It is not three months in one. It is just a bigger version of that month, um, and it's super fun. And I do um, a few, I've done a few takeovers, which um, I built my, my brand on collabing with people and I want to continue to collab with people. Um, so I 
have done a, two takeovers now, and I have two more scheduled for the, for the rest of this year. Um, and that's basically having somebody curate their own box. They get to help design the t-shirt. They get to pick their favorite products that they like. It could either be all one brand. It could be all their brand. It could be a variety of brands. So my current takeover is actually with Lauren from Lash Icon, and she helped design the t-shirts, and then she picked um, her favorite must-have products. We actually um, designed a tweezer together that's going to go in the box, and yeah, it's something really fun. And then the next two I have lined up, which I guess I'll tell here, and it'll be like the first ever. Nobody knows about this. Um, Lash Anarchist, Allie from Lash Anarchist, is taking over September's box. That's her birthday month. And then Lash Affair is going to be doing um, November's box. Amazing. Yeah, I love both of them so much. That's cool. That's really Yeah, cool. it's really fun. So what don't people know or realize about, I'm sure there's so much that goes into it, but what do you think that people don't know about selling a product or doing what you do, like selling multiple products or having a product company? Um, well, I, so just apparel in general, I've probably gone through about four different screen printers, which I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's the same with, with like product line. You got to test some something out and something doesn't work, but I've gone through four just, um, either based on location or I did, didn't like how they conducted business. Um, but that's just like trial and error with anything you have to figure out what works for you um it's a lot of just it's a lot of work it doesn't just happen and I think that's that's a hard thing for people it's just like how does it happen it's like a lot of hard work a lot of um just like constantly on my phone or constantly emailing you know keeping organized it's just a lot of things that that goes into it but but also I think it's all a lot of planning I have planned like through the rest of the year already. And it's also hard too because you can expect something like expect, okay, I'm going to put out this shirt and people are going to love it. Like I had one shirt that I thought people were going to love. So I ordered, I don't even know how many of them and it didn't go so well. And so now I have a ton of those left over and it's really just like, trial and error like I there's no perfect recipe and I probably we can do this interview again in a year and it'll probably be the same answer like there's no magic formula to business I don't think do you have so you have anything else in the works right now for the company yeah so I want to make a branding course I love branding so much um I never thought that I would get it well I never thought that I would own a salon I never thought that I would do apparel. I never thought that I would, you know, and I, I said, I never thought I'd do a product line. I never thought I'd be a trainer, but like now, now as this all unfolds, um, yeah. So I want to create a branding course. Um, people ask me about branding all the time and it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, but I want to create something new that's never really been done before. Um, and I want to make a build your own course a build your own branding course um, because I do feel like there's different levels to people's branding. Like there's people that are very intermediate who are completely clueless on branding. There's people who kind of get it, um, but maybe just want to tweak um, some elements of maybe their story posting or um, 
algorithm hacks or whatever. And then there's people who pretty much got it and maybe just want to like see what somebody else does and um, get inspiration from that. So I feel like there are people at different stages. So I don't want to make a course that's like a one size fits all, especially for this, because I don't think that there is a one size fits all. So I think I'm going to start it with a survey just to kind of gauge where that person is at and what they are wanting or needing from branding and then build a custom course around what they want. So if they want help with a logo, we'll like we'll add that in. If they want stories, like help on stories, we'll add that in or whatever. And we'll build a course custom to them. So it's not going to be like, okay, here's this course and it's X amount of dollars. It's going to be different for everybody based on what they need and what. All right, guys. So the episode was going to end here, but I did want to include a little bonus clip of Chanel talking about her new idea. Um, She just announced it on her Instagram. So I got permission from her to talk about it here on the show. Um, But I just wanted to include the little clip uh, because this is kind of like her first time talking about it whenever we sat here and did this interview. Um, So yeah, here it is. You're actually a really good speaker. I don't know if you've ever thought about podcasting, but you, you're really concise. Uh, I've thought about it, but like, do I want to add something else onto my plate? Um, I actually want to come out with a, so you know how I wanted to do the Vegas party? Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I want to do more like events like that. And I'm, I'm telling you this, but nobody else knows this yet. Like not even my closest friends know about this yet. Um, so I saw these pictures on online of like pretty like editorial work, like with paint, like, you know how Tiana did that, like green set, that green set of lashes. Or you know how like Anna does like the paint all over. Um, so I want to do like a contest of like an editorial contest. Um, basically just to get everybody's like creative juices flowing and like have like a, a long ass time that people can have time to do this and then host like a party. So I wanted to host a party for Lash Con this year, but I think that they're not doing a physical show anymore. Um, but I wanted to do a Met Gala party, like a Met Gala inspired party. Um, so I still want to do that, right? I still want to do that. So I hold on, like where we would be the designer. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so cool. You have to do it. That's so cool. I know. I really want to. So I want to host like it in conjunction with this contest. So like you'll have like whenever I launch it, whenever I decide to launch it until like maybe early December to submit your work and like you have to submit it in like a photo shoot you know portfolio I guess or whatever your top favorite picks whatever you submit them um I'll get a team together we'll narrow it down to like maybe the top 20 top 10 whatever and then we'll host like a cocktail party or a Christmas party or whatever a Met Gala no we'll host the Met Gala and then anybody can come if they want to. And then obviously the 10 contestants or finalists will come and we'll print all their pictures or like put them on canvases or whatever and make it like an art gallery party. And then people will have like a ticket and they can vote one time for their top favorite. And then we'll also do like an online version that people can vote their favorite and then we'll have a winner. And then I want to have like sponsors, like brands sponsor it, meaning like they can purchase colored lashes or like whatever they want 
And then the winners will get like a sponsor package from like the sponsors. I want to gift like a whole year of subscriptions or whatever. I don't know what I'll do, but it'll be like the brands will also sponsor the the contest. So cool. Because it's like if you're an artist that like doesn't have their own product line, it's like you could be representing like you I don't know, you could be like, <laughs> she's wearing Borboletta, whatever. Exactly. And it's like, I feel like even though, I feel like even now though, like creating art via lashes for editorial work could really come into like the actual mainstream designing element. You know, some artists or some like designers just slap some some falsies on there but if they actually like paid an artist to curate a look yeah it's totally possible and if we did like something like this and like got all these pictures like compiled together that would be super dope oh and then so there's more but wait that's not all um i wanted to make like a lash book like a yearbook like a vogue book like a cock, um, um, not a cocktail, um, a coffee table book. So I wanted to make this book, but I also want to like add things to it, like clients, like oh my god, like a crazy client confessional story or like oh confessions. God. And I want to create like a whole book, but then I also want to add all of those contest images in there. But then I also want it to be like a list of headshots, like you'd everyone would have to submit whatever they wanted. But, like, I want to create this yearbook. And then I think I'll launch that in December or, like, send it out in December's box or maybe January's box after that the Met Gala party. Like, you have really good ideas. Like, I don't know. You're going places. That is so cool <laughs> to think of these things. I've never, like, I never would have thought of any of those things. It's so cool. Isn't it cool, though? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. And you, you'd be the perfect person to do it. I, I feel like I could totally see it happening too. So that's really cool. Thanks. Cool. Nobody knows that. I haven't really gotten any feedback I'm on it. So I'm glad you love it. <laughs> yeah, I will. All right, you guys. Well, that is the episode. If you want to hear more about what Chanel's got going on, you can head to her Instagram. Um, it's topshelfbeauty.thebrand on Instagram. I did link her shopping links to her apparel and also the subscription boxes in the show notes. So you can head there to shop. You've got a few days left to make the cutoff for the next box. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and I'll be back very soon with the next episode.